Green plants are a beautiful part of Earth's environment, and they are essential to life. God created them on the third day of creation week, Genesis 1:10 through 13, before animals and even before the sun. At the beginning of creation, humans and all animals were herbivores. See Genesis 1:29 and 30. Even now, plants are the basis of the food chain because they don't require their own food, but make it from sunlight via photosynthesis. In this process, they also produce oxygen, which is essential for all air-breathing life. Photosynthesis is therefore one of the most important chemical reactions on Earth. If we could duplicate it, it would probably solve the world's energy problems. But even the most ingenious chemists have yet to match the ingenious machinery of the humble plant. Green power, photosynthesis. Written by Dr. Jonathan Sarfati. The key to photosynthesis is breaking up a molecule of water into hydrogen and oxygen. The hydrogen can combine with CO2 from the air to make sugars, which the plant and herbivores can use for food. All this occurs in the molecules called chlorophylls, which are responsible for the greenness of plants. But breaking up water requires an enormous amount of energy. Basically, the amount released from hydrogen is burned to form water in the first place. One problem is the very nature of light itself. Light is a form of energy, but it comes in packets called photons. If the photon energy is not large enough to break the water molecule, then it won't matter how many of them there are. That is to say, how bright the light is. But a photon that is energetic enough to break water would also shatter most biological molecules in the process. Yet we don't see exploding leaves. A few years ago, two chemists from Yale University, Gary Brudvik and Robert Crabtree, made an artificial system that managed to produce oxygen. However, they had not worked out how to use light energy, so instead they used the chemical energy of powerful bleaches, and even then. It produced only a hundred oxygen molecules before being destroyed. Yet it was a great achievement by human standards to make something that didn't fall apart immediately. It turns out that in leaves there is a special assembly called photosystem two, named because it was discovered second. A photon strikes this and is channeled into a type of chlorophyll called p six eight zero. There, it knocks out an electron from an atom, and this energetic electron eventually helps make sugars from CO2. But then, the P860 must replenish the lost electron. This is a big problem for artificial photosynthesis. Human chemists have also so far been unable to produce a system that replenishes the electrons knocked out by the photons. Photosynthesis would have quickly ground to a halt without this. So, how are the electrons replaced? They come from a special catalytic core, which removes the required electrons from water again with the help of light. The light breaks two molecules of water into a molecule of oxygen, four electrons, and four hydrogen ions.、And、the core has a unique arrangement of atoms. This core builds up enough energy in the form of redox potential in stages by absorbing four photons. The redox potential of water is a positive 2.5 volts, 
while each photon raises the catalytic core's redox potential by one volt. So after the third stage, there is enough energy for one to remove an electron from a water molecule, leaving an oxygen-hydrogen radical and a hydrogen ion. Then the catalytic core gets to the fourth stage and provides enough power to attack the radical and leaves a highly reactive oxygen atom and another hydrogen ion. And at this point, the carbon atom in the cube plays its essential role. It is holding another water molecule in just the right place, so it can be attacked by the oxygen atom, producing another O2 molecule, two more hydrogen ions, and two electrons. And the unique arrangement of the atoms and molecules is present in all plants, algae, and cyanobacteria, which suggests that this arrangement is essential. And that's not surprising, because it must be able to store the energy from four photons and hold water molecules in just the right positions. This structure had to be complete, otherwise it would not work at all in splitting water and replenishing electrons. Therefore, it could not be built up gradually by small changes by natural selection. This is because an incomplete intermediate system is no use at all, so it would not be selected. And even this core would be useless without many other coordinated features. For example, the energy involved is damaging for biological molecules. Yet there are key proteins required, but must be constantly repaired, so these mechanisms must be in place too. In fact, instability in these proteins made it hard to work out the core structure. If the most intelligent human designers can duplicate photosynthesis, then it's perfectly scientific to believe that photosynthesis had a far more intelligent designer. This is especially since Darwinian processes could not have generated photosynthesis, because there are too many intricate mechanisms necessary for it to work at all. Recent research indicates that there was oxygen even in the oldest rocks on Earth, which evolutionists date to 3.7 billion years old. This in turn suggests that there were green plants to produce it. However, evolutionists claim that the Earth was being bombarded by meteorites till about 3.8 million years ago. Yet this latest research shows that life existed almost as soon as the Earth was able to support it. There is just no room for billions and billions of years for life to evolve. And this life was not just the simplest life, but was advanced enough to photosynthesize. Also, this research is devastating for chemical evolutionary theories of the origin of life. The famous gas discharge experiments by Stanley Miller and Harold Urey must exclude free oxygen, because oxygen destroys organic molecules and makes them impossible to form in the first place. But if oxygen is as old as the oldest rocks, there is no geological evidence to support the hypothetical oxygen-free atmosphere required. For the past few years, the intelligent design movement has captured headlines and ignited controversy around the world. But in the process, many are coming to think that a credible challenge to the dominant Darwinian naturalism of our time means backing away from a clear stand with the truth of the Bible. Now, creationist heavyweight Dr. Jonathan Sarfati, whose refuting evolution has the most copies in print of any creation book ever, challenges this mindset head-on with the book titled By Design. It is a lasting definitive work on design by a leading biblical creationist. Dr. Sarfati presents case after case for amazing design in the living world and demolishes theories of chemical evolution of the first life. Yet unlike many of the prominent intelligent design movement, he is upfront with the truth of the Bible. 
This enables him to refute many anti-design arguments and answer the key question, who is the designer? So get your copy today of By Design from the creation.com online store. I am Joseph Darnell. For everyone at CMI, thanks for listening.